Welcome to Maverick University, an educational series featuring ministry modules taught by ministry-minded Christians and designed to help Christians become more effective in their service for Christ. Welcome to another episode of Maverick University. I'm David Hallberg, your host. Joining me today is Brother Don Asawardi, a lengthy history in uh, Christian service and Christian ministry, Uh, was a Christian school administrator for three years, eight years as an evangelist, 20 years as a missionary to Russia, and three years now at Providence Baptist College. Thanks, Brother Asawardi, for joining us. Good to be here. Today, our topic uh, for this video will be kids on the mission field. And so uh, you... Uh, in our previous videos, had discussed uh, your history, having um, served in ministry positions and then surrendering to the call to the mission field and then arriving on Russia dealing with culture shock. And you did this uh, while uh, married for how many years at the time when you uh, We had Russia? been married for 17 years when we went to the mission field. Okay. And then your oldest son was 13 years old mm-hmm. and your daughter would have been 11. She was nine. Nine. Our okay. youngest one. Our youngest would have been Our youngest nine. was nine. Oh, and okay. We had four children, two boys, two girls. So the topic today is kids on the mission field. And obviously this is your call to the mission field. Um, and, you know, by default, your wife's as well. Mm-hmm. But not necessarily your children's call to the mission field. Obviously, while they're in your household, mm-hmm. you know, it's understood that they would be with you. So I, there's so many different ways you can take this topic and you know how you can help your children um, on the mission field deal with the problems that they're going to deal with. Uh, at, for me, not growing up on the mission field, I don't even know what kind of problems there would be uh, <laughs> for kids growing up on the mission field. So why don't you just give us a general all over uh, an overview of what it was like for your family on the mission field? Yeah, well, like I, like I said, we had four children. Uh, they were not little teeny kids. I was not called to be a missionary till I was 35 years old. Um, And so I think most missionaries feel the call and surrender to the call quite a bit younger. And most missionaries that I know, they take their kids to the field or their kids are born on the field and the kids just kind of are there from a very, very young age. My kids were already, like I said, the youngest was nine, the oldest was 13, and they were already you know, old enough to know what was going on and old enough to know that this is very different. And uh, and so I had to be very careful not to let them be resentful of the fact that they didn't get to be in America like their friends did. I had to make sure that they felt safe. Um, I had to just make sure that they knew that uh, we were all together, everything was going to be okay, and we were in this strange place and we were all going to do it together. Were there times you had to reassure your family that everything was going to be okay when you yes. yourself didn't know that everything <laughs> was going to be okay? I had a default position for everything that happened. Uh, whenever there was a crisis, I always went into the mode of this is an adventure. I met everything. And, and you know, even when I felt like this is really bad, for my family's sake, I have got to be the leader. I have got to be, I can't just tell them, I don't know what we're going to do. I mean, then they would panic and they would feel like we're toast. So I just, I, I taught myself that everything is an adventure. Um, when we took our initial flight from Chicago to Kiev, Ukraine, mm-hmm. in the airport, while we were loading up to go 
for the very first time, leaving America for the very first time, we had a, a package that I was very carefully carrying because it had $5,000 in cash. Oh. And I, I still don't know how to tell the story because I don't know exactly what happened. I, I was there every moment of the, the time, but that package disappeared. Oh, man. And we found it a few hours later and everything was there except for the cash. We had $5,000 of cash stolen just as we were heading over. Now, day one on the mission field. Yeah. Not even there yet. We're not, it was just, we're not even there yet. Yeah. And how am I supposed to react? I mean, the kids knew, you know, that we had the money in that package and everybody was keeping an eye on it. I was carrying it and everything. And strange set of circumstances. I'm convinced that the Lord took that money away from us to help us know that he was going to take care of us. And I mean, for the first day or two on the mission field, as we're unpacking our things in our apartment over there, um, it just seemed like there was this little bit of a dark cloud hanging over us mm -hmm. that our money's gotten stolen. And so I think it was the, the, the first night, we were just so tired, exhausted, we just went straight to bed. The second night, before we went to bed, called everybody together for family devotion. I said, listen, I'm going to tell you something. I said, God is in control. And if he decides that we don't need that extra $5,000, then he's going to take care of us. It's going to be okay. I'm, we're never going to get that money back. The Chicago Police Department told me, you will never see that money again. It's gone. Yeah. And I said, there's nothing we can do to change that. God's in control. And I think he's trying to teach us a lesson that he's going to take care of us. And I'm excited. And, you know, and my kids just responded to that. And they were like, yeah, this is exciting. God's taking care of us by taking our money away from us. But you, I, you have to do that. Yeah. You have to have that in your own attitude and not just put it on. That was my genuine attitude. And uh, that was good for my wife, good for my kids, and absolutely necessary. Well, yeah, what you're saying can apply to you know, anybody, uh, whether you're just a regular Christian family, mm -hmm. in the ministry or not. Um, you're going to have crisis Attitude in your life. Attitude is, is everything, really. So one of the things I was able to do recently on the podcast, I sat down with uh, Brother uh, Gary Way and Richard Way. They have a PK conference, Pastor's mm -hmm. Kids Conference, and they're just dealing with you know, issues that pastor's kids might go through. And one of them is just the fact that you know, pastors have a lot of demands on their time. Mm -hmm. And so we talked about how you spell love, T-I-M-E, time. Yes, right. How does a foreign missionary balance his ministry with his family time? Is it any different than maybe a It might be a pastor? little different than being here in America. I had to learn very early on that a missionary with a family is going to find that he's going to spend more time taking care of his family than he is building the ministry. Hmm. And, you know, you just figure that a missionary is spending 100% of his time out building this ministry, but he's got a family. Now, if you have a family, most of the time a missionary has to homeschool his children. Sure. Be, so now you, you not only have a ministry, but you have a school and you have a youth department and you have youth activities and it's all your own family. Mm -hmm. And you've got this family and you have got to spend time maintaining this family and keeping it going. And it takes a lot of time. And a missionary that just thinks, well, you know, the family will be fine. I got things to do. I got to build this ministry. He's going to lose his family. 
So it is just vital. And the nice thing is you will find, especially in my situation, the kids were old enough. I mean, they weren't little kids that just had to be taken by the hand and in little baby car seats and everything. They were old enough to, we did everything together. When it was time to go hand out tracts, everybody handed out tracts. When it was time to go distribute Bibles, everybody distributes Bibles. And we're all doing it together. So it was a family, the ministry was a family activity. And we did everything together. And I think doing things together is the key. I mean, we, we laughed together. And we would sing together. And we would cook together and work together and, and go, we'd have work days at the church to, you know, we, we bought a house to use as our church house. Okay. And everything was done together as a family. And I think our family feels like we had a very, very close time together on the mission field. I don't, none of our kids look at that time with resentment saying, you know, boy, I really was cheated out of life because I, we had to go to the mission field. Well, yeah, I mean, you talked about so there was no ministry time and then family time. It mm -hmm. was it was all it family was all time. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of that family time was dedicated to ministry activities. But it was done as a family. Do your kids ever talk about feeling lonely, wanting, you know, missing friends and things like that? You know, trying to build relationships. With I would have to Russian say kids? that that was not an issue. Um, and again, I think that it's really up to the dad to set the pace, to set the spirit. I never acted like we were lonely. Um, and, you know, we had four kids, so we've got, we've got six people. And we are doing things together. I mean, we didn't have time to be lonely. I never felt lonely. Yeah. I'm guessing my wife, if anybody, I mean, she was old enough to know better. And if anybody was lonely, she probably felt it as much as anybody. But I don't think the kids ever did. We allowed them to have some friends in the context of ministry. Now, I didn't, I, I know some missionaries let their kids go to public schools. I think that's a mistake. I wouldn't send my kid to a public school in America. Why would I send my kid to a public school, you know, anywhere else in the world? But yeah. whatever. Um, we did let our kids have some friends. The friends would come over to our house and we would, you know, have a, have a game and a Bible study. We we're always doing something together. We had a lot of activity all the time. So I, I didn't have time to be lonely, and I don't think any of them did. So really. it seemed like your family had a structure. It had your time was accounted for. There was no schedule was vital. We had school time. We had church time. We had time when we would print tracks and fold tracks. We had time when we would uh, go over to the building and clean it and get it ready for the service. And, and there was something to do all the time. We didn't have, we had almost no dead time. It was, it was always, we knew what was supposed to be happening then and schedule was, was vital. Earlier on in the interview, you mentioned talking about um, you know, safety, and that's your responsibility as a father and, and a husband, and just talk about that for your, for your kids on the mission field. Yeah, we took some precautions. I mean, you are in a foreign country, and there are dangerous things going on, and you can't isolate, you know, you can't just lock everybody in the cage and never go out or, 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 or never let them go out by themselves. I wanted the kids to learn how to be independent and fearless. I would send the two boys out to the store to buy, you know, a couple liters of milk and a, and a couple loaves of bread. And I'd give them just enough money for that. They would go out and do that so that they felt like that they could do this. Mm -hmm. um, I taught my kids, you know, 
if if I was downtown Kiev and I got on the phone and called home and said I need the two boys and one of the girls to bring me something and meet me in the middle of Freedom Square downtown they knew how to leave the house walk to the subway station buy a subway token get on they knew which train to get on they knew where to get off which switch to make so that they could get and they knew that wow. they knew the way around I we taught them to do that independently and I would do that now there was one time when uh, my son David actually got beat up a little bit a couple of thugs jumped him and wanted his money and and punched him a couple times but um, he didn't really get hurt, and, and, and honestly, he was a little bit proud of the fact that he had taken it. You know, yeah, they punched me, but they didn't hurt me, and I took it, you know. And, and uh, so, yeah, it, 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 sometimes it was scary, but, um, you know, you, you take precautions, and you just let God take care of you. So what unique issues or problems do missionary kids have that... You know, you had to help your kids overcome. Yeah, well, you have to be careful not to let them feel like more is expected of them because they're missionary kids. I think any uh, preacher's kids need to get the idea, well, I guess I have to be good because I'm a preacher's kid. Um, you can't let them get that idea, and you have to guard them. You can't let somebody else put that on them. Um, you know, you may have to take somebody aside and say, look, you, you said, you know, you kids are missionary kids. You should be behaving better than that. You may have to, you, you may have to tell your kids, now listen, he said this, and, you know, you're expected to be good because you're Christians, not because you're a missionary's kid. Mm -hmm. And you might want to say something to that person. Hey, let me tell you something. You know, not in front of your kids, but, sure. you know, my kids did something they shouldn't have. But don't you expect them that they're supposed to be different than other kids be, just because they're missionary kids. Um, they also have to try to figure out what their culture is. There's, there's a concept of a third culture where a missionary kid is used to things in the foreign country. They come back home to America and they really sometimes don't really feel at home here. They're not, you know, like I talked about the kid eating scorpions at the fast food place. Yeah. They don't really feel at home over there. They're not accepted as natives over there and they're almost not accepted as Americans over here and so they kind of feel like they don't know what their identity is and that's why they have to have a very strong family identity they need to know how important their name is I taught my kids your name is Asawardi and that means something and that means you're honest and that means you're hard-working and and you are somebody because you're an Asawardi and I think if they have that strong family identity they're going to be able to to handle the cultural issues and the, you know, the expectations. Um, and, and you're Christians, you're children of God. And that, that's the same all over the world and it doesn't change just because you've been on the mission field or, or not. So those are some of the issues that I try to get my kids prepared for. I remember for. learning that lesson as well um, about trying to treat preacher's kids or missionary kids any differently than anybody else. I remember making a comment to my mom or my dad mm -hmm. about the, you know, one of the pastor's kids. And um, about, man, I'm so surprised that they would do whatever it was mm -hmm. because any other kid could probably right. get away with it, but not them. They, yeah. Man, they're the preacher's kids. Yeah. I remember my parents calling me on the carpet and calling mm -hmm. it out like, um, no, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. You know, you're treating them unfairly. And so uh, that's, that's a really good lesson, you know, where your, your kids have to realize that as mm -hmm. well, that people are thinking of you in that way, mm -hmm. but, you know, you, you have to live to a higher standard, which is that of right. living like a Christian. Mm -hmm. So... Well, thank you so much, Brother Asawadi, for your time. Um, 
and I, I appreciate your kids. Uh, David was a friend of mine um, before you even went on the mission field mm -hmm. uh, and went to birthday parties and things like that, and a friend even today. And so um, I appreciate you helping him during his teenage years, especially when you're self-conscious, 13 <laughs> years old, junior high, you're self-conscious yes. enough, uh -huh. much less being in a foreign land mm -hmm. and you're like, you don't even know how to speak the language. Mm -hmm. you know, and you, and you don't even know how to chew gum and walk either right. as a junior higher. So I appreciate your time with Asawari. Uh, you can check out the previous videos we've done with Brother Asawari in the description below. You'll find the links for those videos and you'll find a link for another video, uh, the next topic that we'll be talking about, which is uh, Brother Asawari's story about uh, how his ministry in Russia changed uh, rather abruptly uh, not too long ago. And so you'll want to check that video out. Thank you so much for watching.